Thank you, Christina. That's a reminder that we need, that I need every now and then. Uh, what I have to say to you today is also a reminder for me, something that I need to hear just every now and then. Uh, be a gift to someone today. And uh, gift is an acronym. It is one of those words where every letter stands for a word, an acronym. Um, and, and, and this, for me, it, it sort of comes from um, Isaiah chapter 58. Now, the, the context there was that some of the Jewish people were observing fasts and observing the Sabbath, but doing it in such a manner that was not pleasing to God. And then, uh, starting in about verse 6, the prophet Isaiah speaks the word of God. God is telling them what to do, how to conduct a, a fast or a Sabbath observance in a way such that it is very pleasing to him. And uh, throughout all that discourse, it's what my comments are based on today. I'm not going to read it because it's kind of lengthy. But through that passage the things that God tells the people to do, the things that he is pleased with, it is basically in making themselves a gift to others. In other words, you uh, set, set the prisoners free. Um, you um, give clothes to those who are needing clothes. You give food to the hungry. and it, It's making yourself a gift to those around about you. And then at the end of all that, it says, in doing so, then will your light arise in obscurity and your darkness will be as the noonday. So that, it's, it's something that when I uh, begin to enter the doldrums, uh, it's, that, that, that's a mariner's term. Um, if any of you read the rhyme of the ancient mariner, when, um, oh, how's it say? He shot the, the, he loved the bird who loved the man who shot him with his bow. Okay, the, 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 the mariner on the ship, the captain of the ship, they were um, out in the, all, off the west side of South America. And uh, this albatross found the boat kind of out there in the middle of the ocean and, and began to use the boat, the ship, as its refuge. And it sort of took a liking to the boat and the crew and they sort of took a liking to the bird. Well, the, the captain of the ship took his bow and on a whim shot the albatross and killed it. Well, the, the spirit of the seas was very displeased with that. And so sent the ship into the doldrums. It was very hot, no wind, no, no, nothing. You, you know, the way it is around here, like in mid-August, when you, you hope and pray for a cool breeze, and, and there's just no breeze at all. You wish a hurricane would blow up, but the, 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 there's no breeze, and it's so hot and miserable. And anyway, that, that's the doldrums. Nothing going on, just uh, you wish something would be going on. Well, anyway, when I get to the doldrums, this is, this is my go-to passage, Isaiah 58. Be a gift to someone today. A gift. G, gratitude. Exercise gratitude in your lives. How many of you like to be 
whether it's on a job site in the, in the shopping mall or um, maybe it's your partner and, and you know, you're riding along in a car on a trip or something. Do you like to be with someone who is constantly grumbling about something? And on a beautiful day like this, oh, how miserable it is. It's just, oh, oh, how miserable. Do you like to be, or I don't care to be around people who are constantly in misery, who cannot, for the life of them, who cannot find a bright side to anything. They're just, it's not pleasant to be around someone, so do not be that way. Uh, find something in your life for which you can be grateful. Gratitude. Uh, the past, my go-to passage on gratitude is, if you want to follow along with us, Luke 7, 26-49. A couple passages in here that I will read. This is one of them. Luke 7. Now, there are all kinds of places in the Bible you can go to for gratitude. I especially like this one. It's, it's a situation where you see both sides of the coin. Um, 26 through 49. Let me see. Okay, this took place in the house of Simon the Pharisee. Jesus was invited there um, for a feast. And let me see. I wonder if I... I think I might have wrote the wrong thing down. Well, anyway, it's, I'm sorry. It's 36, Luke 7, 36 through uh, 49. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume, perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him um, saw this, he said to himself, now he didn't say this out loud, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to him, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. Neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said, and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, 
but from the time that I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you her sins, they aren't many, have been forgiven. She has shown me much more love, but a person who has forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? But that's amazing to me. The woman, the woman recognized him as the son of God who could forgive sins. Simon, the Pharisee, the, the religious leader of the bunch, and the men at the table. Um, who is this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Gratitude. Show gratitude. There is something that it's, it's an anomaly uh, to the world. A, a Christian who is joyful on the inside and has gratitude flowing out, the world can't understand that. And they find it very difficult to speak against it because of the wonderful witness that comes from it. It's an anomaly to them. It, it, it sort of confounds the wicked. So exercise gratitude in your life. Find an occasion to exercise gratitude. All right, the second, um, the I in gift, G-I-F-T, the I is integrity. Be a person of integrity. Now, the, the, there are two passages here that I want us to consider. One is, it's just one verse out of Job chapter 2. When uh, Now this, keep in mind, this is God's testimony of Job. It's not Job saying it about himself. It's not Satan saying it about Job. But um, it, this, is God, this is what God has to say about Job. Job 2, 3. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity even though you urged me to harm him without cause. So what is it being a person of integrity? Uh, the New Testament passage that speaks to this very thing is over here in Titus. Where is that? Titus 2, 6 through 8. In the same way, well, in the same way, or just before that, uh, Titus is telling people how uh, uh, godly people should live. And there's this passage about the one, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Wow. Instead, they should teach others what is good. The older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, to be submissive to their husbands, that they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely 
And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Who's in the Christian realm, who's criticized the most these days, especially by mass media? If a preacher has a large profile, a, a televangelist, a radio preacher, something like that, uh, just, oh, recently, a couple years ago, Ravi Zacharias, uh, you know, for years and years and years, uh, teaching Christian principles and precepts, that sort of thing, stumbled. Oh, my goodness. And, and uh, years before him, uh, Jimmy Swagger, um, who was the, the couple that had the radio, sh uh, the television program, uh, Jim, Jim Baker, Jim Baker and what, Jim and Tammy, uh, and the list, you know, let someone who is, who has a, at least a Christian front stumble and fall, and it gets spread all about. Why? Because at some point a lack of integrity has occurred. They are not the same as at some point when they stumbled, they were not the same as what they preached. Now, I encountered this, this matter of integrity years ago when I, I, I did some reading and study and all that, and part of it was because of my occupation at the time, the battle tanks. Now, I don't encourage any of you to go to an occupation where it would employ you in the use of battle tanks. However, that being said, they do make fantastic toys. I mean, I, I like trucks and tractors and that sort of thing, and, and, and a, the big battle tanks. They sort of combine all that into one nice big muscle machine. Now, there was a, um, oh boy, this when I lived in Maryland yet, there, there was a, a man who, I remember he was on, he used a battle tank to crush cars for his, you know, like Fitzgerald's down here. They have a car crusher. Well, this guy didn't want to shell out all the bucks, I guess, for, for a hydraulic car crusher, so he bought a surplus battle tank, and uh, I'm sure the action would have been taken out of the gun, so the gun would not have been operable, but... He used that in his salvage yard, scrap yard. He used the battle tank to crush cars. They're, they're fantastic toys. The big turret up top, the part that spins around, that holds a gun and all that. Now, when you study the tanks, you'll read that uh, oftentimes, at least for our American-made tanks, that turret is made out of, and it'll say it's so many inches, it might be 16 inches or 24 inches of homogeneous steel. What does that mean? That, that huge big turret, you know, the size of a Volkswagen, sits up there and spins around and holds it down. It's one big chunk of homogeneous steel. It is made from one pore. Okay, it's poured into a mold, and it's all one pore. So that it is the same from the beginning to end, from top to bottom. It's the same throughout. But then after it's poured, it has to be examined, x-rayed to make sure that there are no air bubbles that have been trapped inside because that would cause a point of weakness in, in, in the piece, in the piece of armor. So they want it to be with integrity. 
And uh, even pouring concrete, especially in making bridges, the, the, the pylons and such that support the bridges, those have to be homogeneous pores of integrity. No air pockets trapped inside. Why? Because that's a point of weakness, and it will eventually show itself. So it is to be the same throughout, from beginning to end, from top to bottom. In your Christian life, are you the same person at work as you are here in church or as you are at home in your closet of prayer? Do you exercise the same convictions at the workplace? I, I remember one job I had over here at the Centerville when, when the uh, new elementary school was being built. I was on a crew that did the, uh, the duct work. And at the end of the workday, <laughs> I worked, with some, I worked with a few pot smokers, and the, the crew leader was one of them. And uh, they would pass around the joint, and here, Dave, take a drag of this. <laughs> no thanks, that's not my style. You know, I, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't read the budget, I don't do joints. So anyway, yeah, that's, that. The, if, I would have participated in that sort of thing at work, and they, knowing my behavior, my habits of going to church on Sunday and all that, it wouldn't have spoken very well. Be the same person. Be a person of integrity. That's what God was saying about Job when he was speaking to Satan. Job is a man of integrity. The same throughout. All right? There's an F and a T, a G-I-F-T. The F is faith. The T is trust. And that is a subject for another day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to be a gift to someone today, to bless others in much the way that you have blessed us. May your will be done in us and through us. May we learn from your word to do what's right, to be people of integrity. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the only Savior of mankind. Amen. You're dismissed, your class.